Welcome back to another episode of the Three Rings Podcast. My name is Neil Sinha, joined with Aiden Mulcrone and Vinayak Saroop. And today we are going to be going over the Pistons' first three summer league games and previewing the rest of their summer league season, so to say, in Vegas. And so before we get started, we have a big announcement to make, which is that all three of us are now writers for the new Sports Illustrated website called All Pistons. It's basically uh, Fan Nation's team site for the Detroit Pistons through uh, the Sports Illustrated Network. And so make sure to check out that website. We already have a few articles up there, um, some pretty good stuff going over the Summer League and you know guys like Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duren. So check it out. And per usual, check us out on all the social medias. Always got to plug that on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, everything. So check us out there. And let's get started, boys. So what were your first kind of general thoughts on the Pistons Summer League? I know there hasn't really been too much to talk about from the last game or two just because Ivy got hurt and then, you know, Killian hasn't played. But what were your first general thoughts, maybe on the first game and – and I, the summer league as a whole, I guess. Well, Ivy didn't, or he's not going to reach his goal of being summer league MVP. So let's just get that out of the way. But I thought the first game was, the first half was pretty, like really good. I liked, I liked what I saw from Stewart. He kind of, he had a couple threes. Uh, Killian looked all right. You know him, Saban, uh, Ivy, Dur- Duran played most of the first half, and then. They sat out the second, but the the second half was a lot. It was really sloppy. It was really sloppy in both of those games. Like after Ivy got hurt, they had like I don't even know. They were up like by eighteen, and then they lost the lead. And then in the Portland game, they had they never lost the lead, but they cut it close. So, I mean, we t- we talked about the third and fourth quarter issues last season, and it looks like that's transitioned over to the summer league. Um, but yeah, it's how much you value the summer league. If it, if you take it with a grain of salt, that's fine by me. Um, but if you value it, um, then that, you know, what happened last year is reflected onto this, this summer so far. But yeah, I liked what I saw the first game from Ivy, just in terms of being a slasher and kind of just being, being aggressive. He did have, yeah, he did have some like questionable, uh, shots and like a little bit of questionable decision making, but I thought it was all right. But yeah, that he's not gonna play. He didn't play yesterday, and he's probably not gonna play against Cleveland or in the the playoff. But we'll see. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you for Jaden Ivy. He in the first half of, in that Portland game, he was kind of all over the place. I'm not gonna lie, like it just seemed kind of. I wouldn't say, like, out of control, but, like, the athleticism was clearly there, but, like, you know, he was having kind of a hard time, you know, being functional with it. And also one thing with Ivy, which I've noticed could be a problem, is that shot, if it goes in, it's just it's a pure swish, but if he misses, he misses them badly. Like, it, his shot is right now, to me, is a little bit kind of a wild card, I'm not going to lie. Like, when it goes in, it's great, but there are a lot of times where it literally was hitting, like, the side of the like it it was bad he's missing them bad he didn't make his free throws though and I think again in the second half of the Portland game he got more comfortable as the game went on and was a little bit able to play maybe we saw a little bit of him in transition which was really good but um overall I think he did good the injury obviously sucks and then now us Pistons fans 
to be honest, like I'm not even looking forward to these next two summer league games. I don't know if you like if you want to talk about the Patriots game last night. That may have been may have been the worst game I've ever. I watched that for like ten minutes and then I had to take a break because I I was just not into seeing Jules Bernard shoot it from three. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I thought I thought like we got to see some players like um shine like Isaiah Livers. I think he's earned himself more than a rotation spot. I definitely. think he's definitely a player who I think could be someone that easily even starting. Like you could make an argument that perhaps Livers is the one that's in the starting five, but at the very least a solid rotation player. He was playing really well. Wait, and what? I, where? But where is Livers going to start, though? What position? Like the f- three or the four, something like that. Like if, if they don't want... But you already have Sadiq Bey. So who's your who's your starting five, then? You would go Cade, Ivy, Sadiq, Livers, and then uh, Duran or something like that. You know, it's like if you're pl- you... Oh, you're playing Bay as a small four? Yeah, or, as, or you could put Livers at the four. I mean... No, nah, Livers cannot play the four in the NBA. I, I I don't know. I mean, however they want to work it. There is, I mean, it's a potential option. I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but, I mean, it's it's something that's conceivable be, just because of the shooting he brings. He sh- Aiden's looking at me like he disagrees. <laughs> but, um, nah, I don't know. Nah, nah. But Livers, Livers was really impressive. And then the big story for me was Isaiah Stewart, which I assume we'll get into. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, I think that has to be the biggest story. Not not Isaiah Stewart on his own, but I think the fact that they come out in that first game, and by the way, Jalen Duren had only played, or he had only had one practice with the Pistons before that Portland game in that opener, and <clears throat> he still got to start that game. I thought it was a great decision by the coaching staff, but the biggest takeaway that I had from that decision was that they started Isaiah Stewart at the four and Duren at the five. That is really interesting. I think that could be a sneak peek to the regular season because we've all talked about, well, this team has four centers on their roster with Duran, with Stewart, <clears throat> with Kelly Olynyk, and Nerlens Noel. And we all said, what's going on with that? Well, I think maybe Troy Weaver and the coaching staff has an idea of starting Isaiah Stewart and playing him as a stretch four in the NBA. And so I think that has to kind of be the biggest takeaway. And yeah, so what what do you guys think about that though, with Isaiah Stewart and Jalen Duran possibly playing together? I mean, it, it feels a little bit outdated. You know, that seems like a more like a '90s lineup, or a, you know, not not to this extreme, but like a Greg Monroe, Andre Drummond lineup. Mm. With uh, <laughs> just because, I mean, uh, Isaiah Stewart did show a little bit of outside game uh, against Portland, but. That's still, like, one summer league game I don't think is enough to show me, like, oh, yeah, he can play the four consistently with Dern, like with Dern at the five. So we'll see. I still like Bagley there um, at the 4-5 the spot right now. So, yeah. I kind of I think that Isaiah Stewart showed more than just a flash at the – with yeah. the shooting. I mean, would you guys agree on that? Or maybe even I? I, I completely agree. Uh, yeah. Also, like, to end the season, he in his last eight games, he was 11 of 18 from three. So, I mean, and I'll, I think that's better than, like, if you're going to put. But he finished the season with, he has, like, a 25% three-point That That's though. fair, but also. No, nah, I think, so, my bad. I keep correcting <laughs> everybody right now, but I think he was a 32% three-point shooter. It's just he was shooting, like, less than one per game. Yeah. You also have to factor in like last season the co- we we discussed this on the pod they like misuse they didn't misuse Stewart but he they literally just played him underneath the basket as playing five or small ball five so he never really got to show what he truly had because if you remember in his rookie season Isaiah Stewart showed a lot of promise with that jumper that jumper looked 
That jumper looked nice. Every time he would shoot it, it would look like it was going in. And I felt like they took that away from him in his second season. And now it seems they want to go back. So if, if I have to choose, if Duran's going to be the starting five and then you're going to play Bagley or Stewart, sure, Bagley offers athleticism. But I think Duran provides enough of that already. And then at that point, like, would you rather have Stewart or Bagley be the one who's facing the floor? Bagley can shoot the ball. He's willing to shoot. But I think Stewart has. I think he has it. They, they just need more confidence. Or not more. He does need more confidence, but just more leeway from the coaching staff to shoot the ball. So, Yeah, and I just – can I say with the coaching staff, I don't understand how Isaiah Stewart gets drafted and they start – you know, exploring his shooting at the end of his rookie season. He actually started shooting it a lot, or a decent amount. And then, and we said this on the podcast, like you were just saying tonight, they didn't do that at all at the beginning of last year, and I never understood that. And then they start exploring it again at the end of last season. There just needs to be some consistency with that, because I think so far, and again, I get it's just two games, and I get it's just the summer league. The shot looks really smooth. It looks like it can be solid at the NBA level. And so... I think you have to explore that even more. And, you know, all the off-season training videos we've seen of Isaiah Stewart have been him shooting nonstop. And so I like what they're doing with that. And I think he's shown that he could be a proven uh, stretch four maybe in the league. We'll see. But that kind of goes into the next topic, which is Jalen Duran. Do you think he is the starter from day one with how he's played in the summer league? Because I think it's pretty fair to say he's impressed most. Yeah, he's he's impressed a lot and like, you know, his ability to his ability, you know, block shots and dunk. I mean, he's a great lob threat. I I'm of the belief that they'll probably go with Noel. Like I think Noel has a stronger case or even like Bagley for perhaps. I think I think Duran's just a little bit too young from day 1 to start. I I think it'll be a situation where the talent he'll show it off the bench kind of similar to Andre Drummond. You know, Andre Drummond came off the bench and then all of a sudden, Will Bynum was throwing him lobs, and then soon, next thing you know, he's the he's the he's the starter on the team. I think that's kind of the trajectory for Duran. I don't like. I think you could argue Nerlens Noel is like I want to say he's better than Duran, but Noel has a little bit more experience and kind of provides the same role that Duran does, at least for right now. Obviously, there's more stuff that Duran can show showcase, but I think for now, come off the bench. But definitely, I could definitely see him starting midway through the season. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what we were predicting right now is that, okay, <laughs> it's that Duran would, you know, kind of take the reins at the end of the season at, at the starting five. And a lot, I, I feel like a lot of people underestimated him and was like, he's super raw, like, you know, he's the youngest player in the draft, you know, all this, but people forget he was still the number, you know, one or two player in last uh high school recruiting class last year so i think people forget that and how you know much he his game and how smooth his game actually is so you know obviously they started off the whole summer league with a lob with an ivy to Duran lob and he's been he's been doing that uh for the past three games i think with him He's just got to work on positioning when rebounding. I think that's something he's got to work on because, especially last game, I know it doesn't help when you got a bunch of, like, G League guys around you, and that was kind of his knock on him at Memphis was he didn't really have the the right pieces around him. But he's got to find a way to position himself to get rebounds because he only had three rebounds last night, and 
he played enough minutes that probably if you throw Isaiah Stewart in there, he gets at least like six or seven. Like so, I think that's something he needs to work on. And you know, if if that is, if the Stewart Duran lineup is like that, maybe that that helps him with it with rebounding having Stewart out there. But uh, if he's just on his own, yeah, he's got to work on that. Yeah, I think it might sound like premature to say this, but I really could see Jalen Duran starting from day one. He has such an NBA ready body at six foot ten, six foot eleven, two hundred fifty pounds. And I agree, the rebounding has actually been a little disappointing to a certain extent, just because I think with that sort of body, you know, you expect a guy to get in the summer league, like at least eight, nine rebounds a game. And so, you know, I'll agree with you there, but I I could see him starting from day one. I think worst case, though, it'll be midseason or or maybe later in the season. I don't think they're going to rush it, but you got to be impressed with him because, man, that rim protecting ability that he has is just insane. The first two games, he got two blocks apiece. And his ability, by the way, to just – I mean, he reminds me of Zion, that he can just spike the ball into the third row or just off the backboard all the way to half court. It's insane. So I think they got to be happy with him. The only thing that I would say Duran's been lacking a little bit is just we wanted to see a little bit of shooting because that's going to be the next step for him to not be a one-dimensional scorer in the NBA – but regardless, man, he looks pretty solid. And so I think the Pistons certainly have something with him. Let me ask you guys this, and you can answer Dern if you want, but who have you been most impressed with in the summer league so far? Name one player. Like on the Pistons? Yes. Um, I just go Dern. I would say either Stewart. I was impressed with Stewart and also just – I was low-key kind of impressed with Killian Hayes. Just, like, I know we didn't get to see the stuff that we wanted to see, you know, him being more aggressive. But primarily, and if we want to talk about we can, I think it's because Saban Lee may have just guaranteed himself a spot not on the roster next year. You know, he's just dribbling the ball the entire time. But just how effortless. Like, Killian Hayes made, like, five highlight passes within the first half of that Portland game. And that, you know, it just seems that he's just a lot more comfortable. You know, even... Even if scoring is not part of his thing, if you can play two skills, then that's the playmaking and that's the defense. Like you can at least get your spot on the NBA roster. And if he's a six man, like I think that's a pretty good sign for the Pistons. And I was, I was just impressed with just how easy the game came. That was the first time. There's only been a couple times, like in the last season, where I could truly say Killian Hayes looked comfortable. I think of his big OKC game or some other games where he came off the bench. But the summer league, he was just throwing dimes. So. I was kind of impressed with Killen Hayes and the way he played, for sure. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I And we'll talk about Killian in a second. I, I didn't think I was that impressed with him, to be honest. But I for this question, I'll say none of you are going with Jaden Ivey. That's I mean, kind of what you – I mean, compa- I think compared to the rest of the top five picks, I would say no. Yeah, but he's like, were you surprised from Ivy with how he's played from what we expected? I feel like it's we kind of expected. I mean, I don't think I really expected a you know twenty point performance on the first night, but I still like what what he put out there. 
like I expected. The stats, he, stats wise, I didn't really expect that. But in terms of what he had, like his bag of just like speed, um, athleticism, like kind of defense, like that's kind of what I expected. You still leave with like the same questions you kind of had with them moving. Right. Moving I think forward. the shot looked way better than anybody expected. I mean, he did make that one long one that they caught. They didn't give to him they called like an offensive foul on Bryce. he made the big step back yeah. in the wizards game too yeah but like, like but like things like i'm still waiting to see like his mid-range like i don't think did he attempt any mid-range i i, I don't know but he, yeah. yeah here's what i'll say with ivy and Duran, by the way for that matter i think what everything that we've said on this podcast and i don't mean to boast for all three of us here <laughs> but i think it's been pretty expected or we've kind of gotten the production that we saw coming yeah because if you listen back to that Ivy episode that we had, the scouting report on him, honestly, he kind of did everything that we talked about then. But I will say with Jaden Ivy, I was surprised neither of you took him just because I think the shot looked better than expected. And I didn't expect his game to translate as easily as it seems to have to the NBA level. And I get that it's just a summer league. But, man, 20 points, six rebounds, six assists in the first game is pretty dang impressive. And in the second game, golly, dude, 11 points, two assists in five minutes. That is – that's crazy stuff from Ivy. He was going to have a great game. It's tough that he got injured. But here's what I'll say just so that I don't pick a guy that everyone wants to pick. I'll go with Isaiah Livers. Mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. expected before yeah. the summer league that he'd have a pretty solid season just because, like we said, he was going to be playing four minutes for the regular season – and I think he's proven, I agree with you guys, I think he's proven that he's a, a part of the rotation. I wouldn't go as far as saying he's a starter like Vinayak would maybe, but he, he's still a good player, there's no doubt, and he should get minutes. So I think the Pistons have to be happy there with how yeah, he played. I think with Livers, I probably would say he, I mean, I would say right now he's probably the best player like for the Pistons summer league right now. And he play, he probably, I mean, I think he was probably player of the game uh for the Washington game, and then I think if Isaiah Stewart didn't make those two big threes at the end of the game and Ivy had that one uh, breakaway dunk to seal it, he probably just his defense the first game, I was yeah, really that surprised. Was, that was, that was he, he had, he had, had a nice couple blocks. chase down block. Yeah, yeah. yeah he really impressed in that sense. I kind of didn't really think of him when choosing this like two minutes ago, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah, he, uh, of course, 20-point game against the Wizards. I think the first game he wasn't as impressive maybe, but, yeah, he he looked better defensively. The self-creation isn't really there, but, honestly, they don't really need that from him. They just need no. him to be a great 3-and-D guy. So, yeah, okay. Um, So we kind of led into it a little bit already, but Killian Hayes, Vinayak, you were impressed by him. Aiden, what do you think of what you saw from Killian? We only had one game of him, but what did you think in that Portland? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This dude is like beyond unknown, because I swear our opinions changed on him every week for the past year. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Come uh, September or October. So. I mean, I just want to say he was playing off the ball because Saban Lee was just yeah. Oh, I mean, can Saban we talk about bad. that actually real quick? Just, yeah, Saban this Lee, this dude, bad. Saban Lee, man, like he did the same thing last year. And again, nothing on the guy's person. He's a he seems like a good guy, but like, bruh, 
They drafted Ivy fifth overall. They took Cade number one overall last year, and I get that he's trying to get a contract spot, but it doesn't mean you just hold the ball on your own completely offensively, you know? Yeah. It was getting so bad to the point Dwayne Casey was telling Dwayne Casey's not coaching the summer league. Like he's in, nah, he's in, but he's, he's yelling from he's, the he's stands. He's yelling from the stands telling Saban Lee to move the ball, and Saban Lee just decides to just dribble the ball, turn the ball over. And in that game, I believe he got he had 13 points, but he was like one for eight from the field. And then the first game, and he like did, he had he, all his points were from free throws, and it was just it was hard to watch. It was it was hard to see him because he had potential. Like it's not like he was a bad player, but yeah, I feel like you have to kind of know your role. Uh, it is the summer league, but still, you know, it was just took other players out the game. It took players like Killian Hayes out the game. Jaden Ivey kind of took him out the game because he didn't have the ball in his hands as much. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so with Killian, though, going back to that, when I, what, what made you that impressed by him? Like, do you, do you think his scoring got a lot better? Because I remember in the Portland game he did have that – he looked very confident on a step-back three, by the way. The footwork looked really nice on it, but he missed the shot. He did hit a three later in the game. But what specifically were you really impressed by? Just the, like just relative to how when he first came into the league, I just felt like he was just so timid, you know, in the way that he has he has a sort of, I don't want to say sweat, but he has a sort of persona when he plays the game that very smooth, can make the right pass, can do all sorts of things on the floor. And it felt like, in his early career, he just was never able to just be himself. That was, like, one of the main things that Killian Hayes, the coaching staff, would tell him, you know, just be yourself and, and just play the game. Let the game come to you. And I felt like in the summer league and even towards the end of the last year, that's what kind, kind of finally happened. I don't think – I know we want him to, like, score a lot, and I, I'm kind of accepting the fact that I'm sure that that may, that may not happen. Like, that may not, like, uh, it's kind of bad to say for your seven pick, you want him to use his right hand. Like, I understand the jokes that come with that, but at the same time, like, if he's comfortable and he can just, and he can play his defense, if you can have two skills, and we've, we've kind of seen that one skill is not good enough. Like, a player like Matisse Tybul, Tybul or whatever, he, he's only good at defense, but he's at a point now, he can shoot, he can be an elite defender, but if you can't shoot the ball, then you're out. Killian Hayes at least has two things going for him. He has the playmaking and he's the defense, and I think excelling at those will benefit the Pistons in the long run. That's why just the, just the passes he was making were just really, really smooth. Almost, It almost seemed like he wasn't even, like, supposed to be there, you know, in a sense. And they only played him one game, so that's why, like, I, I don't know. He just kind of looked like he was just out of it. So And even in that one game, by the way, he only had 22 minutes. He didn't yeah. play, like, that long. Yeah. But, my, yeah, my thing with Killian – and, you know, we've always said this. He's not going to be a big-time scorer in the NBA. That's just not who he is. But I was hoping that the aggressiveness in general would be better because, you know, I don't know. I see all these off-season training videos on Twitter, and it gets me so excited that, oh, my God, maybe Killian Hayes can shoot threes consistently. But he just he, he wasn't aggressive like I had hoped he would be in the summer league in a situation where he should be better than every player on the court. Yeah. For being honest, so I don't know. Seven points, three rebounds, and four assists doesn't really get me that going. But I do. I agree. He didn't play bad, but he just he didn't look that amazing, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, especially since that he's going into his third season. Like, not a lot of guys who are going into their third season are playing summer league. Like, he played that game for. He's playing for a reason. I was a little surprised he and Saban kind of sat out. Uh, against the Pacers and they're 
I'm guessing they'll sit out against the Cavs in the playoff and also in the summer league playoffs. So I think I think they should be getting more reps though. Like that that is only gonna benefit them it, unless it unless it's like an injury. Then that's the only way it, that's the only way it hurts them. But honestly, Killian's had an injury already that setback. So I don't really think you know it's that big of a deal if he has another one. Um, yeah, like why why do they take him out after just one game? You know, I feel like, and this is something that all the fans have been clamoring for, that, you know, this is a guy that needs more reps. And I get that maybe, you know, there's a complex of, you know, you don't want to play your number seven overall pick throughout the whole summer league three years after, two years after he was drafted. Right. I mean, it's, uh, I think for him, it could be a little bit like humiliating or embarrassing just because he, like they asked him to and he did, but at the same time he needs it. He's still only 20 years old. Like. People don't realize that. Like, yeah, you you drafted him. He was the one, the youngest. I think he was the youngest player in that. Yeah. So draft. so they've drafted two of the past three years. They've drafted the youngest player. They drafted Killian Hayes, and now they're drafting Jalen Duran. They're drafting young guys, and they need to improve. And the only way you can really do that with Killian is just get get minutes, like on a, a live court. Because yeah, like you were saying, those those off season workout videos are nice and all, but that hasn't shown like on the floor so yeah yeah and so I think you know we already kind of hit on all the rotational pieces that the Pistons will have for their roster you know in Ivy, Duran, Killian, uh, Isaiah Stewart and those guys is there anybody not named the guys that we just talked about that you see getting a contract or playing a few minutes on a regular season team consistently maybe I'll go ahead. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, so Buddy Boheim and both both Boheim 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 Buddy Boheim <laughs> and uh, Braxton Key both are signed the two way contracts. So I mean, they're technically like they could be like moving from the G League to the Pistons, but even then, like outside of those two players, and they've they've showed their fight. Although Braxton Key, he just can't put it together on the offense. He's, he's good on defense, but on offense yeah. is a little bit of a question mark. Same, Beheim's actually pretty good on offense, but it's just you know, there's there's no there's no players. I think I think like the Indiana game last night speaks for itself. I mean, the Pistons didn't have anyone out there, and that was probably one of the worst games. I mean, that's a that's a really good way to make someone an average fan not want to watch the NBA. Just put on that game. It was man, it was we're bad. we're all diehard fans, and I didn't want to watch. I didn't watch. I, I, I mean, I only it. saw the first few minutes. I got to be honest of of the the third the Pacers game. Like it was just ridiculous. And that's the thing with summer league, which I guess people people don't realize as much as like the first game, first two games are great because you get to see all of the rookies and stuff. But once you start getting to the meat of the summer league and like. You start talking playoffs like these are dudes who are just trying to get into the league, and that's why that's why when we make predictions for the summer league, it's really based on like how good are your like players who are not your rookies or your starting players, and which is why I think the summer league MVP like that's a good thing to get, but I don't know like do you really want to be on like the same ranks as let's let's name some names like Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Morrow, you know it's like that's just kind of how I feel in the summer league. So that's so uh, to answer your question though, no, I do not feel that. There were any Pistons players. Got a little side Got a little yeah. Side yeah. yeah. I mean, I think Braxton Key will be, I guess, I think he might be on the opening night roster, but I don't see Buddy Bayheim doing it. Um, I think all the rest of these guys, you know, Jules Bernard, 
G League, like Stanley Amude, G League. Um, I don't know. That's, those are really the only other two guys that are undrafted free agents that I even see like sticking around. I think I'm sure they'll give G League contracts to like one or two other guys as well. But yeah, it, this squad, the rest of the squad is not that that great and I mean that that's fine because I think they're drafting well but yeah you kind of want to have that a couple you know G League guys that you can rely on if someone gets hurt and you just bring them in and be like don't mess up the rest of this game yeah and so another interesting thing about the summer league is that it gives a great chance for or gives the opportunity for a lot of the regular guys the veterans or previous top picks to come watch and maybe show a little bit of leadership and for the pistons Cade cunningham he has the braids now braid <laughs> cunningham i should say was one of them uh, as well as sadiq bay hamadou diallo uh gabriele porchito was there too what do you guys think maybe of the chemistry i guess because it looks like this team is really gelling together you know what i mean that they're all really there supporting each other I don't know. It's kind of an open-ended question. No, I think uh, I can go first. I think it's just great to see the the team together. Like, if you go back to past Pistons teams, like I don't think I can remember Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond showing up to the summer league games, or I couldn't remember Reggie Jackson and Contavious Caldwell Pope showing up to see Stan. You know, so it's good to see like the chemistry, and also it kind of tells me that I think Diallo Hamadou Diallo may have like a bigger role in this team than we think. The fact that he's just with the guys all the time. That kind of maybe shows why they chose him over Frank Jackson, for example. So that's a little interesting to see. But it's cool. It's cool to even see Prochit. Like I, to be honest, like he's always the odd man out of the photos you see of him. Dude, <laughs> they cut him off <laughs> on everything. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's great to see the team coming together. And then, they, it's funny. Like last night's game, they they showed the the Pistons were getting smacked by the Pacers, and it just shows Kate Cunningham and the whole team just leaving the game. So I mean, that it's just great to see them just like hanging out, bonding together, and. You want to see that because there's teams like the Lakers, for example, LeBron James and Russell Westbrook on the opposite ends of the court. So it's good that we have the chemistry. Yeah. I'll also add real quick before you go, Aiden, too. Cade was with uh, Dwayne Casey, actually. They showed another clip, kind of like in the Celtics game, um, mm -hmm. in the playoff game, where Dwayne Casey was kind of coaching Cade. So it's nice to see they're always taking these opportunities to gel that chemistry, but also coach these guys a little more too. Sure. Yeah, I was gonna say that because he, yeah, I saw him sitting with like Cade. And, you know, I mean, Cade Killian, who was there last night, uh, Stewart and like Saban Lee were all on the, were all like talking, um, together. And Cade even went on the ESPN or NBA TV or wherever it was last night, um, during the like third quarter and talked a little bit just about, you know, kind of the culture and, like, what they want to build. And, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, he's he's pretty much fully bought into, the, as far as I know, into, you know, Dwayne Casey and the rest of this, like, team and organization. And I think, you know, he's he's been speaking a lot for, you know, his teammates that and, like, vouching for them that they've also bought in and just kind of the chemistry there and that, you know, a lot of the success from Pistons, like former Pistons teams have been like, you know, grit and like defense and hard work. But he said, you know, he talked about, you know, they also want to run fast. Like they want to get out and want to, you know, be fast. They want to be efficient, you know, have some shooters on the wings and stuff too. So I think 
you know what everything he's saying has been good like it seems positive like he he thinks that this team could really like if they really gel together um that they could be making a playoff run potentially um or like you know play in at least so we'll see yeah and I think you know it might sound like a dumb question or just you know why are you asking that but I really do agree with you guys that this is something we haven't really seen from this Pistons organization in a while of everybody buying in their leaders actually buying in it's just it's an exciting time to be a Pistons fan, especially when you see guys like Ivy and Duran on the court too. You know, I think it shows that this organization is really on the come up when you got all these guys supporting each other like they do. And so, you know, we already talked about what has been the three games that they've already played for the Pistons, and they have the Cleveland Cavaliers coming up tomorrow. We're recording this on the 13th on Wednesday of July, and so. You know, do you have anything to preview for that? Honestly, I don't even really think there's a lot to talk about with the Cavs game and then the consolation game that they'll have after that because is anybody even going to play? Yeah, I'd be surprised if I think Duran was like the last player who Pistons fans should have interest in, and I don't even know. I think at this point you may just want to sit him out too. He didn't he didn't play in the second half of the Pacers game, it looked like. So, yeah. I. And even when he did play, by the way, in that, Without having a legit point guard, yeah, it's like, it's what is he out there for? You know what I mean? He's just out there just kind of ex- – I mean, he got a couple – he got some action, but still, like, nothing yeah. nothing really to watch. And if I was a Pistons fan, it's like, I mean, you can you could tune in, but, like, it's it's like, if you want to see Braxton Key, you know, Charlie Moore, Justin Turner – I'm just reading the roster, like, <laughs> like, bunch of players who – Jules Bernard. Jules Bernard, like, none of these – they won't have relevance for the Pistons. They may have relevance for these guys' careers as – this is like their chance to show themselves as scouts, but I don't think it's even worth previewing. I honestly feel bad for someone who has to actually like truly cover these next two summer league games, but because it's it's gonna be ugly in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> so we sums get it up. Sums it up. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know really what more you want. Yeah. 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 That honestly, there, there isn't really too much more to say there, and so. That kind of wraps up the Pistons portion of this episode. I'll ask real quick for the rest of the summer league: Has there been one single player, I guess, that has impressed you the most? So we already did it for the Pistons side of thing. Now let's do it for the whole NBA summer league side of things. I think Moses Moody. I think you know he's impressed. You know, I I was a big fan of him uh, coming out of Arkansas, going to the the Warriors. He's been. You know, he kind of had a little bit of an underwhelming season. I mean, it's hard to get in that rotation with the Warriors just because they're so damn good and they're really deep now, especially with Jordan Poole there. So, like, that that 2-3 spot is stacked. But he's shown, you know, he's still he's still there. He could, you know, get some more meaningful minutes next season. Um so yeah, I think he he's impressed me. I know Mac McClung was also is also on the Warriors now, but I just want to say quickly to the Chet Holmgren haters uh, before the draft that you know he's he's here and you know he's still he's still the number two pick in the draft and he's showing that he why he's the number two pick in the draft and you know everyone can say what they want about his weight, but he's he's a unicorn for sure. Yeah, I have to agree with the chat, the chat love. I think he's going to be 
a problem moving forward. I'll I'll go out to San Antonio. I think Blake Wesley has been pretty solid. I think when they got three picks last year, when you got three picks in um, this year's draft, one of them is bound to hit, you know, Sochan, um, Wesley, or Brandon. I know I've been pretty high on Brandon, but I have to give Blake Wesley his props. He's averaging 18 points. Obviously, his field goal percentage isn't good, but shooting 40% from three, showing showing people that he's this gra- this draft was so interesting because there were just so many shooting guards, like a lot of shooting guards, and it seems like one like one or two of them who weren't drafted in the top in like the top 10 are just bound to bound to blow up and become all stars, and maybe it's Blake Wesley. It could be Wesley or Brandon. This far has got them both, but. Wesley's definitely uh, been impressive in the summer league for sure. Yeah, I'll go with our guy Benedict Matherin. I think yeah. Yeah. he's shown that you know he's that dude again. Another guy that honestly I don't people shouldn't be that surprised. So I guess maybe he's not my guy that's impressed me the most to say, but yeah, he's looked good, man. Twenty three points in that opener. He had twenty last night against the Pistons. He he just looks like a legit baller. Looks like he could be an immediate starter from day one for that Pacers team. And I guess for a guy who has surprised me a little bit, this might sound crazy, but Paolo Bancaro. He he's looked pretty darn good. And I know it's early. I've been one to say, you know, don't overreact to the summer league. I'm getting ready for the regular season where I might have to admit that I was wrong that Jabari Smith was the best player in this class because Jabari has struggled a little bit with the self-creation, and I'm not sure how that will go in the NBA. You know, that will, that remains to be seen, but it's quite clear for Paolo he is a legit three-level scorer, and he's a pretty good one at that. I mean, man, he had, what, 17 points in both of their first two games or something like that, and he looked – he just looked good. I mean, he didn't. He wasn't taking a crazy amount of shots, but he looked comfortable in that offense. And so, I think they got to be happy there. Another guy I'll say real quick is Jonathan Kuminga. Horrible opener to his summer league, mm-hmm. but he's looked very good the last two games with like 28 points, and then I think he had over 20 again last night. I could be wrong, but he's looked pretty solid too. So, the Warriors, man, I just. You know, I don't want to root against these guys, but it's so annoying when they keep drafting so well. Because if Moses Moody turns into a legit baller too, that is just that team is just too loaded, man. But yeah, do you guys have anything else you want to add on the summer league or on the Pistons specifically? Yeah, I do actually. I think I think you know again, it's a grain of salt because like I have said this before, you know, the Sacramento Kings have won the summer league a few times. Uh, in the past couple of years so I think the Jabari Smith kind of you know yeah he's struggling but you know Kate Kate struggled in the summer league last year uh, a little bit so yeah I think I think it it's just growing pains a lot a lot of these guys you know especially like coming from a team like Auburn who at one point was the number one team in the country last year and coming from Duke who made the final four and other things like that you know playing with these like caliber guys like they haven't played with these guys since high school and some of these guys went to prep school and didn't even haven't played with kids like this since you know their freshman year of high school so it's it's different from them um just being on like a higher level but also yeah just transitioning to the this the speed and kind of just yeah the rest of the game and obviously there's different coaching staffs too so you know the summer league coach may 
you know, he's trying to relay as much as he can to as like what the head coach is saying, but at the same time, you know, they still might have other, you know, motives or, you know, plans for them. So, yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. You know, the last thing I kind of want to say is uh, what's going on in Utah? <laughs> what's going on in Detroit? <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is now officially on the trade block, so. According to Brian Windhorst. <laughs> According to Brian Windhorst. Actually, now Adrian Wojnarowski has confirmed it, so. The NBA never gets boring, so there you never go. Never dull day. Yeah. And let me just touch on, by the way, Brooklyn. It sounds mm. like they might keep Kyrie and KD. I'm not saying it's for sure, but there's been reports that they are getting ready to try to keep both of them. That was kind of from my Brian Windhorst impression from the last episode where I said, <laughs> why would you get Royce Young? Why would you sign? Royce O'Neal? Or, or, sorry, Royce O'Neal. Why would you sign TJ Warren? You know, maybe they yeah. are still going to try to contend. We'll see. Who knows? But make sure to check us out on the social medias, on Instagram, on TikTok, and Twitter as we wrap up this episode. Thank you all for listening this long. We really appreciate all the support. And, yeah, check out the Pistons Summer League game or not. You're not going to be missing much if you don't. But, again, check out the website that we said at the beginning of the episode, and we'll see you next time on the Three Rings Podcast. Peace. See you.